Welcome to Leaders of the West, a podcast for innovators and changemakers. I'm your host, Jesse Jarvis, the founder of Of the West, and I'm sitting down with agriculturalists, entrepreneurs, executives, and everyone in between with the goal of digging into the strategies, mindsets, and lessons that have been crucial to the success of ag and Western. Whether you're carrying on the next generation of your family's operation, starting something from scratch, or determined to climb up the leadership ladder, we're going to inspire you to continue to dream big, growing not just you, but the future of agriculture and Western as a whole. Let's go. Before we get into today's episode, I want to quickly share a little bit about an upcoming Western industry event that I think you're going to enjoy, which is Art of the Cowgirl. Art of the Cowgirl will be held January 17th to 21st, 2024 in Queen Creek, Arizona, and it's an event that's really built around the opportunity to celebrate, gather, and connect Western women around horses and Western art. The 2024 Art of the Cowgirl event will include the Wrangler All Women's Ranch Rodeo presented by Cowgirl Magazine, the Kimes Ranch World's Greatest Horsewoman competition presented by Western Horsemen, a breakaway roping competition presented by Merck Animal Health, along with a number of hands-on workshops, clinics, demonstrations, an elite ranch horse sale, a ton of really great shopping, live music, and I will be there as a Lead the Herd workshop keynote speaker, which I am so excited about. Not only does the event provide entertainment and really honors women of the West, but it also provides fellowship opportunities for individuals who are looking to further their knowledge with master artists in areas like photography, saddle making, and so many other subjects. The contribution of these cowgirl makers is something that is really worth celebrating, and I look forward to sharing them with you guys in person. Tickets and workshop registrations are available now at artofthecowgirl.com, and you can use the code JESSE to receive 10% off of your ticket purchase. I cannot wait to see you guys in January in Queen Creek, Arizona. You guys are going to love this week's episode of Leaders of the West. We are going to jump right into it. Today, I am joined by the one and only Lindsay Branquino. She is the wife to Luke Branquino, the mom of three boys, and she is an entrepreneur owning Shop Favor, a boutique in Central California. And I am so excited to get to sit down with you guys. Lindsay is somebody that I have looked up to for a really long time, and I know A lot of our listeners are probably in that same boat. She is somebody who is so flawless and who feels like she can do it all. Like she is, she is this mystery woman who we all love and we all want to get to know more of. And in that same right is just so humble and kind. And today we are going to talk about confidence and just really finding who you are and shining in that. And I am so excited to get to share that with you guys today. So thank you, Lindsay. Holy smokes, Jesse! What an introduction. I hope that I can live up to even half of that, and I feel like I'd be doing okay. Oh, well, you already have. Like <laughs> I said, so many people are so inspired by you and the type of person that you are, and you are an incredible wife and a mom and a business owner and just somebody who so many women look up to. And I'm excited to take a peek into who you are today. So I feel like the majority of people do know who you are, but for those who don't, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I mean, I think you summed it all up there really well. So I am I am a mom of three boys. They're fantastic, just the light of my life. They're wonderful. I absolutely adore being a boy mom. I am the wife of Luke Branquino, who is a professional steer wrestler, I guess newly retired professional steer wrestler. So we're kind of in a new chapter of our lives. 
now that he is no longer competing full-time. And we also last year moved to Texas from California, which is another big change in our life. So we're kind of navigating right now a lot of big changes. I also own my my business, my boutique, which is called Favor, out in California. And that's been another huge challenge for me this last year is running it remotely now that we live in California. Or sorry, now that we're in Texas and I still have the store out in California, it's been a new kind of area of business ownership that I'm learning a lot about for sure. So a few years ago, I remember that you were somebody who was a self-proclaimed shy girl. Would you would you agree with that statement? Um, I absolutely would. And I I feel like I still am that girl. I just want you to know that if you're ever someone who's speaking to me and you think that I am now like somehow magically more confident or inside I'm freaking out. It's like American gladiators inside my brain the entire time we're talking. I can assure you I'm sweating if we're in a social situation and just kind of internally freaking out. I may just have it a little bit more together on the outside. So yes, I would not even call myself a former shy girl. I still fully <laughs> embrace that title. <laughs> well, you know, I think that's what's most interesting is is even even for me, like I'm pretty shy and reserved too, but people don't necessarily think that. And and I yeah. think what's what's really interesting is I don't think people necessarily think that about you, but I remember that you have, you know, have shared like being in the spotlight wasn't your favorite and maybe isn't still your favorite, but you also have a podcast. So you've obviously <laughs> forced yourself to be in the spotlight. You know, you've done a lot of on-air stuff. So something within you has changed to be the type of person who didn't want anything to do with those situations to now you are somebody who is, even if you're still uncomfortable, willing to do them. So like I said, I don't necessarily think of you as a shy girl, but I am really wanting to get into that journey because I know that's something that a lot of people, especially women, relate to. So have you always been somebody who is shy and reserved? Always. In fact, I think if if you are someone who's come into my life kind of more recently, you're maybe gotten to know me through social media in the last, say, five years, I think it is this outward expression that maybe I don't come across as that way, you know. But if you were a part of my life in the past or or somebody who really knows me, I think that you just see how far I've come because I've always been super shy. And for me, that shyness also came hand in hand with kind of not ever feeling naturally confident. I'm not that person. I'm also extremely introverted. I'm just kind of quiet by nature. All of these things, you know, kind of come with my shyness. So that's always been this this thing I've carried with me, you know, my entire life. And and I think it's just interesting like you were saying, you also feel that, but other people don't see you that way. It's always this difference about how we see ourselves and how the outside sees us. So what has really made you want to change that? Because you said the, the most recent five years is probably when things have, have changed the most. So what what kind of started that or sparked that for you? I would say if if I had to pinpoint like an event, losing my dad was a really big part of that, which is still very hard for me to talk about. He was really close to me and really instrumental in my life and who I am. But if I had to put, you know, like the event that was the catalyst for this big change, it was that. And that was because, you know, when he was only 48, he got this cancer diagnosis. And, you know, he was told at that point, like, this is a cancer you'll never beat. It was terminal. And 
I think that when we, and he, and he fought for 10 years and he was wonderful and we had that time with him. But when I lost him and he was so young, I just had this like real wake up call, I guess, of how, you know, he's in his late forties when he gets this news and he had to have thought of all the things he wanted to do. And I think as a person who was shy and, you know, lacking that self-confidence, I always thought there was going to be this magical someday that that would just change. I would just wake up and be like ready to take on the world. And that was never happening. So, you know, when I like hit 30 and I lost my dad, I just had this real profound, like true sense of kind of panic that like, what have I been doing? What if tomorrow is the day that I get news like that? And I never went and did any of these things that I wanted to do. I had big goals and I had big dreams. And those existed so far out of my comfort zone, I didn't see a clear path about how I was going to get there. And so I think it took having this moment where the fear of not going and chasing those goals or not pursuing my dreams, even if I failed, was much bigger than just not doing them. Oh, Lindsay, I I will tell you, this is a conversation that I can relate to as far as like wanting big dreams and knowing, okay, if I want, if I want to chase those, I have to do something about it because like you're not ever going to magically wake up and feel like you are yeah. in that right place, right? You have to put in the work to make it happen. But this is a conversation that I know so many are listening to right now and feel like they are in that same boat. And in a way, I think that in the beginning, you kind of feel paralyzed because you don't know, okay, I have these big dreams and I have these things I want to do. Where do I go next? You know, what is the first step? So what do you remember? Like, what was the first thing that you said, okay, I'm going to go do this? Yeah. I'll be totally honest. At the very beginning of that, when I was feeling that like true sense of panic and urgency, I overcorrected a little bit. So every opportunity that came my way, I was just like, I need to say yes to everything. I need to accept everything. And I just went like full throttle. And that was not the way that I should have gone because I found myself in situations that I was not equipped to handle because I was going from zero to a hundred. So it took a little bit of like, you know, finding my equilibrium and doing it. But I would say, tangibly, the first things I did was just start putting myself out there. And social media became a tool for me to do that. Is that, you know, I had goals and instead of just like going and tackling those big things really quick, I just found that opening up and allowing myself to be vulnerable, even if it was through something as trivial sounding as a social media post, it allowed me to do that because I had the time to slow my thoughts down, think about what I wanted to say and put something out there that was real. And when people responded to that and connected to that, that sort of was what fed me. It kept me going. I thought, wow, I can find these real relationships and human connection and things that felt meaningful and purposeful to me just by doing that, just by these little things, putting myself out there. And I feel so lucky that so many people genuinely responded to that. And the more positive reinforcement we get in those moments, you know, it feels good and it kind of keeps you going. Well, and one thing that I have noticed too in my, you know, willingness to be vulnerable and share things that are, you know, maybe hard or uncomfortable, there's always somebody out there who can relate to it. Yes. You know, often I think that we are we think we're on these islands or I'm the only one experiencing this or I'm the only one that's dealing with this. 90% of us are dealing and experiencing the same things. They may, they may not be identical, but they are, you know, very very similar. And so I think that when somebody is willing to to share that, one, it normalizes it, but it, it makes us feel 
better because we can relate to that. Absolutely. I think, you know, and I've always said this, that I think that when you realize that you're not the only one, no matter what it is you're experiencing, when you realize truly that you're not the only one feeling this way, that's one of the most powerful things as a person that we can experience is knowing that somebody out there is also going through that. It gives you a lifeline. It gives you a tether out into the world. And it also, you know, it can sometimes like they got through it. So I know I will. It, it provides a lot of different, a lot of different things that I think is so important. Well, and I think, I think too, as far as like creating confidence, you know, there's a lot of things that, that make us uncomfortable, right? So if you're somebody who, who you're uncomfortable and you think, well, I'm going to just go speak on a stage and that's going to make it better. Guess what? Like I still speak on stages and I can sweat the armpits out of my shirt in the first five <laughs> minutes of being up there, right? So I don't think that it's, it's not anything that you never necessarily like get over. But I think that, you know, you mentioned social media and that being the the outlet for you to do that because that was a container that you can kind of shape and create on your own. And, you know, you can put as much out there as you want to and, and reel it in if needed. But talk a little bit more about that. Well, I, I think it was just one of those things, like I said, I'm not great at, you know, social interactions. It's just not my strong point. I get super nervous. I have a lot of anxiety. I overthink things. My head starts spinning. So like I was saying, you know, something like social media, I'm much better at communicating my thoughts and ideas through writing. I always have been. And so when I can do that, when I have the time to stop, really think about what I want to say and put it out there that way, it felt really good to be able to say that because then I didn't feel like I was being misunderstood and that gave me more confidence to continue doing it. I think just like what you were saying is it's all about finding a way to kind of cultivate your confidence, which is not particularly easy if you're someone who struggles with confidence. And then the second part of that is that the more I did that on social media, the more that confidence began to leak into real life. I felt more confident in having face-to-face personal interactions with others that I could take some of that and put it out into the real world. So it kind of bled into that area of my life, which was a huge benefit to me because I don't know how else I would have necessarily achieved that. Well, okay, let's this is maybe a little bit off topic, but since we're on the topic of social media, this is one thing that I do want to bring up is I think a lot of people are leery to be vulnerable online, and I understand why because there are definitely bullies and trolls out there, but at the same time, you are in my opinion what you put out into the world. You, Lindsay, are somebody who is incredibly positive and kind and like the most as although they are buzzwords, like genuine and authentic person <laughs> that could exist. And because of that, that is what you get back out of your community. Is that correct? I don't know if I if what you're saying about me is correct. I mean, I it, hope it that. absolutely is. <laughs> <laughs> That's very, very kind things of you to say. I do think that there's truth to what we put out, you know, into the world is what we receive. All I can really say to that is that I think it is so true that I have been the recipient of so much support and so much kindness and people I don't know I'm I'm constantly it sounds so cheesy and I hope that it comes across as sincere as I mean it because I am constantly uplifted by people that don't really know me they know my stories and we've gotten to know each other forged friendships through social media 
But I think all the time how fortunate I am that I have these people that truly go out of their way just to make me feel good. You know, they'll send me encouraging messages or things that made them laugh. And I I just feel so intensely fortunate to have that. Well, and I truly do just from the outside looking in, I think that that is because you are what you put out in into the world. You know, you are genuine and heartfelt and everything that you give people, they want to give back to you. And I personally, I can say the same thing as far as I don't have to deal much with like negativity or people who are mean because that's not necessarily the thing that I go and and put out, you know, and, and if somebody yeah. is negative, oftentimes I don't respond because that's just yeah. me then putting more negativity out into the world. Whereas, you know, I want to be known for somebody who shines a positive light. And so I definitely think that that's something that people are a little bit leery of when it comes to being vulnerable online. And I understand why that is because there is a lot of meanness out in the world. But yeah. I, I truly like I would like to encourage people to not be as worried about that as they are, because I, I really do think you are at the head of the ship. And so if you are putting out good into the world, good is going to come back to you in what you share. Yeah, absolutely. I think you said that really well. And there's always a little bit out there that may find its way to you, but the overwhelming majority of people I think are, are good. And when you give people space to show you their goodness, I think oftentimes you'll find that they show up for you. Oh, absolutely. So confidence is something that is incredibly important in all aspects of life, right? Whether it's in obviously for yourself, in your relationships, in your career, you know, confidence goes across the board. So if somebody listening right now feels like they are lacking in confidence or they are not willing to step outside of their comfort zone, what would you tell them? Well, first of all, I would just say me too. Like, <laughs> I totally get it. <laughs> you know, like I'm still there. I am still nervous sitting here talking to you. Just doing anything like this still pushes me outside of my comfort zone. But there are two things that I would tell people to just to way oversimplify this. One is the answer no nobody wants to hear, and that is just practice. It just takes putting yourself out there, even if it's tiny little things. If you constantly do that, then you will begin to feel more confident. It really does. Everybody wants, I want there to be some magic <laughs> spell that can instantly make us all confident. I'd have, I'd have done it a long time ago. But I think confidence comes from feeling capable. And like I feel confident as a mother because I feel very capable to be my boys' moms, to give them what they need. I don't feel particularly capable to handle, you know, large crowds or public speaking or social, you know, meeting new people. So for me, it took just practice, continually doing it, putting myself out there in, in little steps. It's kind of a funny story, but I always make New Year's resolutions. I love New Year's resolutions. They're just my favorite. So <laughs> one year, this is how shy and you know lacking in self-confidence I really am, is I had a hard time ordering at drive throughs This is not a joke. I would get nervous pulling up to a drive through So that's where we're coming from. That's the baseline here. It's just so everybody knows. <laughs> Um, truly. And so I would always like pull up there and they would do their like, oh, hey, how are you? And I would always say, um, and I don't know why. It was like this, like, um, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what to say to a person that can't even see me. This is not a joke. So one year, my New Year's resolution was to not say, um. So when I pulled up to a drive through and they're like, hi, or what can I get you? I was just going to lead with confidence. I would say, 
high back, or I would say, I know what I want. And so I just started doing that. And at first it was really hard. And, you know, out of the 10 times I would get it right, five of them. But, and I told my sister this whole story and she's like, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard, which it kind of is. And it's so silly and trivial. But I can tell you now, two years into this resolution, I can pull up to a drive-through and just kind of lead with that confidence. And that leaked into other areas of my life is that I felt like I know why I'm here. I know who I am. And so I can just say hi to people. I don't feel like I kind of have to hide, you know, in the shadows or the background or, or not lead with that. Well, I'm glad you said shared that story because that is a perfect story. And okay, so you <laughs> mentioned that you feel really capable and confident as a mother, which mm-hmm. when you are a first-time mother, right, in the first week of ever having a child, you probably didn't feel very confident, right? You right. have this new thing and you don't know what you're doing, but that's just it. Now that you are how many years into this? How, how old are your boys? 15. Our oldest is 15. So I'm 15 years into motherhood. Right? So 15 years ago, you were not confident at all about being a mother. But now that is the thing that you say that, you know, I am confident in this because I know that I'm a great mother and I know that I can give my boys what they need. That is exactly it. Like that hits the nail on the head of you have to show up every day. You have to put in the work. And honestly, as you you do the thing, then that's what builds confidence. It's confidence doesn't come without action. Yeah, exactly. So, and then, you know, I said that there was two parts. So I think the other part, you know, one is starting small, it's practicing, it's putting yourself out there in little ways. And the second one I think is surrounding yourself with people that are encouraging. That for me has probably been the number one most instrumental to me becoming more confident and feeling more capable in those situations is that I always had people in my life who were really willing to lift me up and encourage me. Another important part of that that I want to touch on is that they never pushed me further than I was ready to go. They never were like, oh, you need to be more confident or, you know, you need to put yourself out there. Why aren't you? They accepted me where I was at, you know, at every stage. And then when I would say, hey, I think I want to go do that. They were the first ones that like, absolutely, we know you can and we'll be there cheering you on every step of the way. So I think when you have that, when you practice putting yourself out there and becoming more confident and you have great people in your corner who are willing to meet you where you are and then encourage you along the way, it's the best recipe I could give someone for feeling more confident. Who are some of your best encouragers? Luke, obviously my husband, is probably been my number one. And it's really funny because he and I are so opposite in that way. He embodies so much natural confidence and he's humble and just everything he does and puts himself out there. He just approaches with like, he can do anything. And he does because he has that confidence. And I've always been so envious of that. So I think in in a lot of ways over our last 19 years together, I've kind of observed him and tried to learn from him. But also he never made me feel less than for not having that confidence. And he always saw a lot of great things about me and never just that like, oh, you're shy. Like you need to be better about talking to people when we're in social situations. Is he really kind of like for a, a large amount of our relationship, he carried that for me, which is the truth. You know, is I married somebody who who had a lot of the qualities that I was maybe lacking and he picked up that slack for me when I needed it so that I could feel comfortable when he and I went and did things together. And I'm so grateful for that. But he was also the one that like when I approached him about wanting to start my business and I was like, I want to do this. He saw that I had a dream. And as soon as I started being like, oh, I don't know if I should, 
second guessing myself, kind of trying to back out that he was like, you can do this. And he pushed me when I needed to be pushed, but also lifted me up when I needed help. And that's a very hard balance for somebody too, I think of like, of knowing when to push and knowing when to just be like the sounding board. Yeah, absolutely. And he's somehow another thing in life that he's great at is he's somehow really found that balance. And I always have felt very supported by him. And when somebody with a lot of confidence, and I've spoken about this before, believes in you, it's kind of hard for that not to be contagious. I'm like, well, if he thinks I can do it, I must be able to do it. Oh, absolutely. Having that and and having somebody so, so strong and, you know, especially you guys are married together, right? So having somebody who is such a key piece of your life believe in you, that is a big deal. Yeah, it absolutely is. And I kind of brought up something there that I think is important to touch on for anybody out there who may, you know, identify as a shy girl or a shy person or any of these things we've been talking about is that one of the things that I had to kind of be able to wrap my mind around or something that helped change my outlook on it was accepting that being me being shy or me being introverted, they're not flaws. Those aren't things that are like, they're not negative. I, I think for a large part of my life, because I always wanted to be more extroverted and, and out there and confident, I always thought because I was not that these things that I was, shy, introverted, quiet, were inherent flaws that I needed to change. And so it always put me in a mind frame of thinking I needed to be a different person, somebody that I will never be. I'm never going to be those things. I'm never going to be the loudest one in the room dancing on tables and stuff. Um, (laughs) And so when I reframed it in my head and thinking these are not flaws, it's just part of who I am. And I have just as much value to the world being introverted, quiet, all of these things. It helped me to stop putting so much pressure on myself which was very important to me because when I was putting that pressure on myself, it only made the feelings that I was feeling worse. It made my anxiety worse. It made my like insecurities worse because I was playing on all of that instead of just accepting like, this is who I am and I'm great like this and I still have a lot to offer the world. It doesn't have to hold me back. This probably goes back to the part of the conversation where you met, you went from zero to a hundred for a while, <laughs> trying to say yes to all the things and do all of the things. And that made it worse because you felt like it was a flaw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It, it really was. And when I, I, I think the world that we live in, society, celebrates the extrovert, like as we should. They're wonderful. My, some of my best friends, my husband, you know, all extroverted people. And they're great. They're so much fun to be around. And I find myself really drawn to many of them. Some of the closest people in my life are extroverts. But I think that instead of thinking because this is who the spotlight is always shining on, that that's somehow better is, you know, being introverted is the balance to that. And the world needs that balance. So I had to start looking at the ways. And this is something that I think everybody else that may categorize themselves as as introverted should do is stop and look at the qualities that you possess that are unique to that. You know, for me, it's that I'm, I'm a thinker. It's a lot of where my creativity comes from, my ideas. I'm great at supporting people in my life. I love cheering other people on and, and all of those things. And so I had to kind of give myself a little credit, I guess, in that, in that like, Hey, 
look at what this has given me. This is not a bad thing. This can be a really good thing. Well, and two, I think, you know, opposites attract, right? So it's not yeah. saying that that you're, and, and in anything, right? But I think relationships are kind of the most natural fit to use as an example. But your spouse isn't 100% and you are 0%. Like yeah. you both bring things to the table that the other is lacking in. And that is what, I mean, that's part of why opposites do attract. And I think that you are so spot on there in one, not thinking that, you know, shyness or lack of confidence is a flaw. We all have a lot of really good qualities about us, more that obviously shine than others. And so really figuring out what you're good at, guess what? That's the first step to confidence because if you know you're good at it, that is confidence. (laughs) Yeah, I absolutely agree. Oh, well, this has been an awesome conversation. And I know that there are so many people out there, I've said this numerous times, who are really going to be able to relate to that. So for all of us shy girls in the room who are listening to this, what is the one piece that you want to leave us with before we get into the the rapid fire round? I would just say that with everything I said and reframing how you may view your own you know, shyness or feeling introverted, that the counterpoint to that would also be that you may need to stop and take a look at where you're allowing it to hold you back. Because that is the only negative there is that if you have goals or dreams that exist outside of that, like I mentioned, I did that you're going to have to push through them. And that is when you should stop allowing it to make you hold yourself back. You know, the other thing that I would encourage somebody who is listening to this is go do something today that makes you just the tiniest bit uncomfortable because that is truly the next step in that equation. And after you do it, you are going to feel so good about yourself. It's so true. And I think that that is a really important component of this is that it's okay to be uncomfortable. You know, it's like you exist in your comfort zone because it's comfortable and you can save yourself from anything bad happening, but you also stop yourself from anything good happening. So I think that you just need to remind yourself constantly that it's okay to be uncomfortable. And like you said, after you do something that's uncomfortable, or at least I know I did, I felt great about myself. I felt like I'd slayed the dragon. Like that's a huge win, even if it's something as silly as, you know, like ordering in the drive-thru at Starbucks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it really is. And honestly, like you don't have confidence without action and you have to take action. And I know that that's, that really is the hardest step, but when you consistently take action, the things that that once bothered you, they they don't anymore because you've made them become a natural part of life. Yeah. It's easy to build things up in your head and make them scarier than what they are, which I know I did to myself a lot. I'd be trapped in my head and I'd make things probably worse than what whatever they actually were. So I think like you said, when you just start taking action, you find out that things maybe aren't as scary as what you made them out to be. Oh, amen to that. Okay. One thing that we have not talked about yet that we're going to do before we get to the rapid fire round, and that is Companion Pass. You (laughs) have a podcast. It is also on the PBR Podcast Network. Tell us a little bit about Companion Pass, how it came to be. It is the greatest podcast. You guys, if you're not listening to it, I'm just going to give it a plug right now. You absolutely have to. But Lindsay, tell us. Oh, thank you so much. I have absolutely loved doing Companion Pass. It's another one of those things that like if you'd asked me or anybody else in my life 10 years ago, like so in 10 years, she's going to have a podcast that we would have all just like laughed you out of town. But it has been wonderful. So Companion Pass, 
started out as a written series on my blog right around that same time we're talking about this shift happening out of my desire to share the stories of other rodeo wives or, you know, rodeo husbands or family members or whoever is is living kind of behind the athletes that we see on rodeo's biggest stage and tell their stories and, and what life is like for them. Because that was another thing, like I craved that connection is somebody else understanding what you're going through. And I found through doing that, that a lot of their stories transcended just rodeo life and were connecting to people in the greater Western community and even outside of that, because we all have so many shared experiences as women, as mother, as wives, as husbands, whoever. So now that it's become a podcast, I feel like that platform has just allowed it to grow and share their stories with so many other people. And there are so many dang cool women out there like doing awesome things that have awesome stories. And I feel lucky to be even like the smallest part of sharing that. Oh, well, and I think one of the things that that really ma- makes Companion Pass so unique is, you know, rodeo athletes are professional athletes. And so when it comes to, you know, professional basketball players and baseball players or football players, it's really easy to find more about their lives because there's news articles about them or, you know, they have these big followings or, you know, whatever it may be. But when it comes to rodeo athletes, there are a lot of people out there who support and love our lifestyle but they don't necessarily know anything about the individuals because there's not any mainstream news coverage of them other than, you know, our own like Western news outlets. So I think that what you're doing is really like allowing people to know more about families and about everybody who is involved in the process. And I think that that is one of the things that, that makes it really unique and is an awesome thing is you are introducing these athletes and their families in a brand new light. I think it's been really neat to share. It's kind of the, you know, I've described it as like behind the scenes. Like you get the real story. We see what happens there, you know, eight seconds in the arena is all you're getting of these athletes. And then you get the little sound bites that are repeated. And if they're interviewed for 10 seconds at the end of their run. And I think it's a way to get to know the athlete, but also rodeo is such a unique sport and requires a really unique lifestyle be led by these guys. So I think that when you allow that kind of look behind the scenes, you pull back the curtain a little bit and you're like, this is what their lives are really like. And we're telling it from the perspective of the people that know them best, who see the day in and day out. And that for me has been really awesome. You know, instead of just talking to the athletes, because I know even Luke's perspective of his career would be different than mine, you know, me watching what he goes through or or those wins. And so I just wanted to be able to share more of that. And I kudos to every single person that I've had on in their willingness to be open and vulnerable and share really honest looks at their lives. It's kind of no holds barred. Nobody's been closed off or anything. And I think that's just amazing. And part of what really has connected others to them. Oh, you absolutely nailed it right there. So if you have not already, Companion Pass can be found anywhere you can listen to podcasts. So definitely go subscribe. If you are a listener, make sure to rate and review. That always makes a difference for all of us on the podcasts. So, okay, let's get into this rapid fire round. What is the best piece of business or personal advice that you've ever been given? Oh God, this this is going to be the hardest round for me. My brain doesn't think this quick, Jesse. I need like the slow fire round. I need like I need the like black powder round where you have to like you know pour <laughs> the it back loader. in there. That's that's what I need. Yes. <laughs> uh, um, 
I think maybe the best piece of advice that I've gotten is that you can do hard things. I think we tend, which for me was really profound. It sounds so simple, but I think every time I was up against something hard, I'm like, oh, this is too hard. I should just stop. Instead of thinking like, this is hard. I can do it. And repeating that to myself kind of gave me that confidence we were talking about. Oh, yes. That is one of those things. And I I think that that's what I've learned in people's answers through this is it really is the simple things that mean the most and make the biggest difference in life. Yeah. Okay. If you could give people any words of wisdom and you knew that they would take them to heart, what would they be? Oh, gosh. I would say stop waiting for someday. That someday can be today. There's no reason that someday shouldn't be today for you. That I know that the first step is the hardest, but it is the most important. Ooh, yes. Okay. If you could go to dinner with anyone, dead or alive, who would you pick? This is the easiest question you will ever ask me. (laughs) Dolly Parton, for sure. I will worship her until the day I die. I love her so much. It started when I was five years old and has stuck with me forever. You've met Dolly in real life, though. Like you have a picture with Dolly. Was she (laughs) as good in person as you as you expected her to be? Oh my gosh they they say never meet your heroes, and they are wrong if your hero is Dolly Parton because she was even more glorious in person than I ever could have imagined. And this, I had it was like thirty years in the making that I had put her on this pedestal, and she was so wonderful. She's tiny. She's like a pixie. And even the backs of her hands were bejeweled. And she held my hand. We held hands. Me and everybody, me and Dolly Parton held hands. Well, I will say, honestly, like (laughs) Dolly Parton is basically guacamole. Who in their right mind cannot like Dolly Parton? One, she's talented. She is beautiful. She does really good things for the world. Like, And she sings country music. Why don't we like her? Everybody loves her. I wouldn't trust anybody who doesn't love Dolly Parton. That's my immediate red flag if you don't like Dolly Parton. Yeah, 100%. Agreed. Okay, (laughs) what is one quote that you lead your life by? Oh, fortune favors the brave. So that's kind of become my thing. That probably didn't come as a surprise to you. (laughs) No, no, and I love it. (laughs) Um, Absolutely. So – do you want the backstory? Or do yes, you want the please story? do. I Because okay. I know what it means, but I want to make yes. sure that our listeners know Fortune yes. Favors the Brave. Tell us the story. So Fortune Favors the Brave obviously is is something that's been around for forever, this quote that people kind of goes back to. And that was one of the things that I really latched on to during losing my dad and making this you know transition in my life when I was pushing myself for something. And to me, Fortune Favors the Brave kind of just goes back to at its core, if you're willing to be brave in whatever aspect that means to you, that that comes back. It's always worth it to be brave. And being brave to different people means totally different things. You know, I'm not out there like doing anything heroic, but sometimes we need that extra little bit of bravery in small moments. And so I would just tell myself, you know, like this is a moment to be brave, to do something that's uncomfortable to do something you maybe didn't want to do, and that that will come back to you. There's always, no matter if you put yourself out there and you fail, there will be something good that comes of being brave. So for me, it's just this little reminder that I would literally say to myself, like fortune favors the brave. It's like, all right, I've got to go be brave today. And you just face your day with that mentality, knowing that every good thing starts with that. And then to add into this, the icing on the cake, (laughs) your maiden name is? 
is Favor. So that Favor is my maiden name. It is the name of my business that I changed actually after losing my dad. It had a name before. And it was just that's something that I really hold on to. My dad didn't have boys. I've got, you know, two sisters. So the favor name kind of ended with us. And I thought I wouldn't put my name on anything that I'm not willing to give 110% to. So I knew that if I put that out there, that it was going to get all of me because there's no way that I was going to let that fail. So that was kind of my stamp on it that it's like, all right, I've got to do this. There's no turning back now. Well, and that makes then that quote so much sweeter because (laughs) you obviously get to spell it the same way that your maiden name is, which I absolutely love. And then it goes back to this whole, you know, what this whole episode is about, about doing brave things and, you know, growing and creating confidence, which I love. Last question for you today. Let's talk about favorite things. Do you have a favorite book, podcast, product, service, something that has changed your life that you think the world needs to know more about? Tell us. This is probably this is probably the hardest one for me because I don't know that I have anything here to share that's truly beneficial to anybody out there. Like when I uh, listen to podcasts, when I read books and stuff, it's kind of just an escape for me. So that I I need a way to be able to turn my brain off. So I don't know that I have anything that's like helpful or inspiring to say. I guess I would just say I would encourage anybody out there to go and find their person. You know, find somebody that's going to be your sounding board who you can trust explicitly. If it's somebody in your family, if it's a friend, or if you need to go and find a coach. You know, like Paige Lawrence, she does a lot of coaching and stuff for business for people in business or athletes, and she's a good friend of mine and she's also been another great sounding board for me. She's really encouraging and I know she knows what she's talking about. So, if you don't have you know, that person in your family or a friend, maybe go and seek out somebody like that. Oh, that was the perfect high note to end this on. (laughs) Lindsay, if people don't somehow already follow you on the internet, but now they are obsessed with you, as obsessed with you as I am, I should say, where can they find you online? It's just Lindsay Branquino. Fortunately, I have a very unique and incredibly hard to spell name. So good luck with that one, everybody out there. We'll put it in the show notes. (laughs) The upside to that is that I'm just Lindsay Branquino everywhere you can find me. And then there is a Instagram page for Companion Pass. And like you mentioned before, you can find that podcast everywhere. And then Favor, what is Favor? If somebody wants to go shop, the boutique can become almost as stylish <laughs> as you are. Where can where can they go find that? <laughs> so I have our brick and mortar location still in Santianez, California. Um, We also have an online store, which is shopfavor.com and is on Instagram at shop.favor. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay. This has been an incredible conversation. I am continually inspired by you and today was absolutely no different. And I know so many others are going to be too. I can't wait to see what everybody is going to do. That one little thing that's going to make them a little bit more confident than they were before. But do us a favor. We want to see it, don't we? So make sure to tag us in the thing in your stories that you did that made you more confident or that you're going to do that will make you more confident. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I love being a cheerleader for others because I've been um, the recipient of so much of that. So yes, I will be your official cheerleader, whoever you are out there. We'll pick team colors. It'll be great. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being here today. If you haven't already, 
please go rate and review Leaders of the West. If you're a Companion Pass listener, also, please go rate and review Companion Pass too. <laughs> They're two for the price of one. We really appreciate you guys tuning in today. So thank you so much. And we will see you back here next week. If you loved this episode, do us a favor and share it with someone else who might find just as much value in it as you did. We're on a mission to continue to grow and strengthen the future of agriculture and Western industries, and you spreading the word helps us make more of a positive impact. It also makes a big difference when you take a minute to go rate and review the show. We can't thank you enough for listening, for sharing, and for loving Ag and Western as much as we do. We'll see you back here for our next episode.